of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will, and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading of Holy Scripture. The Old Testament reading for this, the second Sunday after the Epiphany, is from the prophet Isaiah, the 49th chapter. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother, he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow, in his quiver he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. 
But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. And yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, the one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle reading from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the first chapter. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked and saw, he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you going? He said to them, Come and you will see. And so they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Together now we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. 
I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. first chapter, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is our text, dear friends. Dear friends, behold, said John, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Of this verse, Martin Luther said, it is an extraordinarily fine and comforting sermon. Neither our thoughts nor our words can do it full justice, but in the life beyond it will redound to our eternal joy and bliss. That says a lot for these rather few words before us today, but you know on our careful consideration, we find that these few words before us today tell us all that's at the heart of Holy Scripture. 
<clears throat> they tell us all that's at the heart of Holy Scripture, and these, these few words reveal to us volumes of what's in the heart of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold. So John begins, behold. If you've ever spent some time car shopping or house hunting or spouse hunting, you might have been agonizing over some decisions that had to be made, tough decisions. Tough decisions, big decisions. And most people would love for the finding in those situations, for the finding to be as easy as a light from heaven, a light from heaven shining down with perfect clarity right there upon the right one, right there, for instance, on that perfect house, the perfect home for you, the one that was always meant for you, a light shining down and pointing out among all the others which one it is, singling out from all the others which one, a light of divine confirmation doing away with any of that uneasiness and guesswork. That light saying simply to you, this is the one right here. The one that I have selected. The one that heaven selected for you. And so many things, it sure would be nice to have a light like that. And to hear, and to hear that behold, this is it. Scripture says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he came as a witness. He was sent to take the guesswork out of salvation. Behold. He says, behold, here it is. He says, this is the one, he says, that heaven's appointed for you. He says, behold. And of course, that attention grabbing, that attention arresting behold is, is as timely for us now as it's ever been timely for anybody. David Barrett, who compiles religious statistics for the Encyclopedia Britannica, David Barrett figures that including Christianity, there are today no less than 10,000 distinct religions in the world. In such a sea of salvation substitutes, filled with all of their empty promises to spare you, to spare you from any uncertainty regarding the salvation that God has prepared for you, how how dear to us, and how welcome and how timely today, timely as it's ever been, is that ray of light and that God-sent voice of John's echoing across time. Behold. Behold. Behold what? Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Lambs have near always been in close proximity with God's redemption. Appointed lambs, appointed lambs have near always been. Remember it was a chosen and a pure lamb that was the centerpiece of the entire Passover event of deliverance and of all of the annual commemorations of that event and all of the years following. Remember, too, through the Old Testament ages, it, it was a lamb unblemished that was ever being placed upon the tabernacles or upon the temple's altar of sacrifice. Why? Because that's what you'd bring. It's what you'd bring and it's where you'd go to have your sins, guilt, before God dealt with, with finality, 
and done away with. Upon, and remember how the, the beautiful ritual and rite worked, the way that God had instituted it and ordained it for his people. You'd place your head, rather your hand, on, on that woolly head. You'd place your, your hand on, on that woolly head, and then in there, symbolically, the transfer of, of sins was made. And that unblemished lamb, symbolically there bearing your sins, was slain. And so it's no wonder at all that what John calls us to behold is a lamb. But not just any lamb, not a lamb, it's the lamb. The lamb appointed by God, the lamb anointed by God, the lamb, St. John says, slain from the foundation of the world. All other lambs were only to point to this lamb, the lamb. So as we sing in that beautiful Lenten hymn, we'll sing it, in fact, a couple weeks from now, I'm sure. Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away the stain. But Christ, the heavenly lamb, takes all our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. You see, it was upon the the altar of the cross, that all the lambs that came before him did see the shadows of their sacrificial service come into reality and become reality. It was upon the altar of the cross and in the, the blood of the Lamb of God shed that all the troubled consciences of ages past did find their final peace. And it's the peace of every troubled conscience since then, too. Yours, when it's troubled by your sin, and mine, too. Sin's offense before God requires eternal life blood. But friends, thank God eternally that it was His Lamb's blood and not yours. And I thank Him it's not mine. And that's why that same Lenten hymn that that I, I quoted to you a minute ago. That's why it continues with these touching words, reminiscent of that Old Testament rite of the transfer of sins. It continues, My faith would lay her hand on that dear head of thine, speaking of the Lamb of God, while like a penitent I stand and there confess my sin. My soul looks back to see the burden that thou didst bear. When hanging on that cursed tree, I know my sins were there. A gentle lamb, a willing lamb, gentle though, not ferocious. Lambs aren't ferocious, but he's a gentle lamb. And with that tender nudge, he wants you to know that he's gladly and he's willingly taken away, as John said your sins. Literally in the Greek, it's lifted up off of you, taken the burden off your shoulders. He's taken away your sins. That's Scripture's promise to you of this lamb. Remember what Isaiah of old wrote? He said, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. The Lord was pleased to place on him the iniquity of us all. It pleased the Lord to crush him, to make his soul, Isaiah writes, an offering for your sin. Such a willing, 
And such a gentle lamb is he. That reminds me of a story, an account of which I read some time ago. A man in this account tells of a friend of his, Sam. Sam worked in a slaughterhouse, and his job job was to put to death all of the chickens and the the turkeys and, and the cattle and the hogs. You name it, he killed it. One day there was an exceptional animal that was there penned in the slaughterhouse barn. It was a lamb. And Sam said, usually I, I would be quick to be about the business of severing the, the throat of the beast and it would just fall to the ground and that was that. But then he said, but I never killed a lamb before. And he went on in some detail. He said, usually I'd chase the animal down I'd chase it down so the animal could be killed. He said, usually the animals were very skittish about things. Probably, he said, because they could smell the blood. They could smell the death. But you know, he said, this little lamb just walked right up to me. And, it, and he nudged my hand with his head. But he said, I, I stuck to my routine. And I quickly and I roughly grabbed the animal tight and I did my, my bloody job. And I... I did it hard and I did it swift, he said. And seemingly unmoved by the gruesome details of it all, he continues on. And he says, the cut was deep and the blood was much. And I let go of the animal and it staggered as if it were drunk. And then he said, but with, his, but with its blood all over my hands, I dropped the knife in disbelief. As the scene I saw next, he said, changed my life. He said the, the lamb didn't fall to its knees, wisping for breath. But he said the little lamb staggered back to me and nudged my bloody hand for the second time with his nose and started to lick its blood from my hands. And right then... And there, that man began to think, he said, on the Lamb of God named Jesus Christ and the the death that he willingly died for him and beholding that sight and thinking on God's Lamb, it brought that toughened butcher to tears and he quit his job that day. How often and how gentle Has Christ nudged your soul, stained with the guilt of his blood, though it may be on your soul and on your hands, toughened and hardened by our own sins we may be, yet how dearly, friends, and how tenderly he comes always back to you and in grace brushes up to you and gently reminds you he says, remember, it wasn't, it wasn't your sins that ultimately led this lamb to lie down on the altar of the cross. It wasn't your sins that kept me there. It was this lamb's love for you that did it. Friends, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's the last thing I want to make mention of today. The sin of the world. 
When we, when we consider that collective whole, we tend to, we tend to forget about the, the little one sentence. Rather, when we consider the collective whole, then we do tend to forget about how much this one sentence, this little sermon of John the Baptist, means for the individual one whose sin adds to that collective whole. And in fact, it's easy for us, because of this generic phrase of the world, it's so easy for us to isolate John's sentence so that we'd, we'd only well consider it on mornings like this. Maybe between 8 and 9 in the morning on a Sunday morning. Mornings like this that we tend to think theological thoughts. But inspired by the Holy Spirit, John was mindful to put that verb in the present tense when he said, the Lamb of God who takes away, in the present tense, who takes away the sin of the world. You see, you can't say this verse without it applying to the present, whenever that may be, and to whoever, to whom whoever, or whomever in the world that may be. You see, where it would, be, it would be easy for us to impersonalize, and it would be so easy for us to isolate the verse, the Holy Spirit shows us here in the verse that this verse really is for us and ought to be for us a part of the, the raw grit of everyday life and living. Because you see, somewhere out there this past week, there's a, there's a young boy who doesn't dare confess to his mom and dad what he's done. He's stolen something from the local store. It was only a candy bar, but, and at first it didn't bother him that much, but with each passing hour, it bothers him more and more. He feels bad about it. He knows his dad would be outraged. He knows his mom would be tearfully disappointed in him. He knows what he's done is wrong. He knows it's sin. Well, that candy bar is gone now. And that little boy doesn't see how he can undo what he's done. And his little mind begins to wonder, will they still love me? Will God still love me? And lying awake in his bed at night, a, a melody begins to float through his mind. And the familiar words that he's recently been learning to sing in church, in fact, at communion, Words about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Or somewhere out there this week, there's a college girl and she enjoys college life. She enjoys the loose lifestyle of college life, though she wouldn't say loose. She'd say free. Now her parents raised her well. In fact, she still got her confirmation certificate in her dorm room closet somewhere. She won't find her parents with her today, though. She's slumped down on the bathroom floor in grief, all alone. Because she was talked into by her boyfriend, talked into terminating the fetal life that just last week she learned was growing inside her. She thought it was the answer, but she knows now that it's not. And she's devastated by it by what's been done. And the sin, and she knows it's sin, bears heavy on her quivering shoulders. Can this one be forgiven? Or somewhere this past week, this 
There's a couple out there that just got married somewhere. The same newly married couple just got into their first fight as husband and wife. Things were said that shouldn't have been said. And the words cut deeply. And they hurt. And already these two are learning that marriage built only on love is destined to fall and avoiding one another in silence. These two both wonder to themselves, how do we begin to reconcile things between each other? Upon what foundation do we begin to build again? And friends, somewhere out there, there's an old and an aged man who lies in a hospital room bed and is on the brink of eternity. And he knows it. And his eyes are closed. Family members nearby don't know because they can't tell if he's conscious or not, but he is. And he's thinking back on the days of his life, and he, he was blessed with so many good days. And he still remembers those days. And while the pleasant thoughts make him smile in his mind, those, those moments also come rushing back to him, though that he could never forget those, those memories of life's sin. Return to him and return to accuse him now. And they would begin to create real fear in his mind and real doubt in his soul about whether or not very, very soon he will be standing before God, pleasing to God or not. They would create the fear and the doubt, but for familiar words. In a familiar melody that floats through his mind, very familiar words, words that he's known since he was a little boy. When he learned to sing them in church, in fact, at communion, words about the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of all the world. And friends, you know well these stories aren't just somewhere out there. These stories we know all too well. They're part of our lives. My friends, whatever your story, and no matter your story, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Those are words for real life, and they're words for your life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We pray. O Lord, blessed is your name and worthy of praise. For your glory is above the heavens, and in your mercy the poor and needy rejoice. Father, give your church strength to leave behind the old ways of life and follow Christ, to announce that your kingdom is at hand, and to lift up the cross of Christ Jesus everywhere, so that those who sit in darkness may see the great light of your salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Dear Lord, guide this congregation in your ways. Give it faithfulness in teaching your word at home and at church. May all who worship our Lord Jesus Christ in this place receive with thanksgiving your forgiveness and show the joy of that salvation in fervent love toward one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Ruler of all, guide the nations and give wisdom to their leaders. Where there is hatred and dissension, bring peace and harmony. Especially do we pray for those in our land who hold office. Make them faithful leaders and rulers, seeking to do your will for the people whom they serve. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Heavenly Father, watch over those who are in need of companionship or renewed hope or healing of mind and body. Where there is illness, grant healing or the patience to bear with life's affliction. We pray here for Slim Paul and Fred Hine. Chris Heinz and Hugh Ryan and Georgie Delaney, Dick and Elsie Much and Mark and Allie Becker. Grant endurance of faith to other homebound members, including Robert and Dorothy Latham, Bob Wilkinson, Paul Duell, Marguerite Health. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, where there is depression, bring purpose of life and strength for each day. Where there is loneliness, provide companionship of family and friend and caring neighbor. Where there is sorrow and mourning at the loss of a loved one, including for Barbara Vestal and, and her family at the loss of her father, we ask that you grant and comfort these with certain hope of the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. For all who die in the faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. God of all compassion, protect all human life from life's beginning to its end. Send forth your protective hand upon all children who are still in their mother's womb, most especially keeping them from willful death by abortion. Defend all the elderly frail from those who would against your will hasten life's end, which you alone determine. Bring all who now feel the weight of burden and the, of past wrong decisions your unconditional and your unbounding, abounding forgiveness. And do this through the Lamb who does take away the sin of all the world, your, your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, send your Holy Spirit upon all who eat Christ's body and drink his blood this day, that they may confess their sins, recognize your Son's presence in his body and blood, receive him in true faith, and finally, rejoice in his gifts of forgiveness and life and salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. And therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God and light, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful, faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming, we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.